So welcome if you're here for the first time. Great to have you here on this beautiful day, this beautiful energy, and uh, a little, you'll figure it out as we go. So I'm going to invite Dennis to sound the gong and let's let that sound move through us, drop us into our hearts and feel the connection to one another. If you're comfortable closing your eyes, feel free to do so and I will offer a, uh, we'll drop into 30 seconds of silence and I'll offer a chant and then a prayer. very room there's quite enough love for all the world and in this very room there's quite enough joy for all the world and there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit One spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. So let us know together. I invite you to allow my words to be your words. If they're not a good fit, use your sacred discernment and let them just wash over you. Don't give them any energy if that be the case. But what I offer and know in this moment, in the I am, knowing that there's only one life, one power, one infinite divine intelligence, loving intelligence, that life, that intelligence, that vibrancy of love, beauty, joy, possibility, infinite possibility, is my life here and now. And affirming this for each in the I am, I know that this day is blessed in ways I cannot even imagine but I open myself to the energetic wonder of possibility that I live in the divine goodness of life because good is God, is source, is life itself with a capital L. And so I I circulate gratitude in my heart and mind and invite you to join me in that. Gratitude for all of the gifts, all of the things that are so lovely and available in this lifetime. Clean air to breathe, clean water to drink, a place that is warm, that we can live, a place where we can gather in sacred community, a place where we can come together in the power of the swarm, as Eric Butterworth so beautifully articulated. Beautiful, beautiful New Thought minister born in in Winnipeg. His legacy, we stand upon his legacy, Dr. Ernest Holmes, Charles Fillmore of the Unity Movement, and all the great avatars, all the great teachers. We celebrate it all. We are a center of spiritual living. And we are here to fulfill a beautiful purpose and opportunity to transform lives. So I know that this day and the preparation of this day and the trip here, the pilgrimage here, near or far, 
is a prayer because I make it a prayer. It is a holy and sacred moment in this moment, in each moment, because I declare it so. I see the face of God before me, and each time I see that, I am reminded of the presence of God within me. For this I give thanks, and I release these words, knowing that each and every one of us is gifted this day in some amazing, lovely, powerful, and beautiful way. I invite you to say with me, and so it is. Beautiful. Thank you for joining me in that. So lovely. So this is, uh, you see above me here, the, our current facility and our future facility. And so this is a rendering that we have uh, created a few years back. And I just want to remind you of possibility, infinite possibility. And so at our, at our um, genogram, which I'm going to share some information with you today about our genogram, um, it came up that nothing had been done. In fact, much has been done. The last place it shows up is in the material world. The last place it shows up is in the material world. So don't think nothing hasn't been done because seeds have been planted. And as we cultivate the seeds, just like good gardeners, the crop, the harvest appears. So here's our uh, slide. The font is really small, so on the next slide I blew it up. So our new practice is no longer me sharing my genogram or my uh, cue card from, my, from the um, uh, cue process. It is our cue card. And so the invitation is that we read it together. And so this is a smaller slide that Dr. Gary Simmons made up for us, and then I extrapolated it and put it on a bigger slide, and I'm going to invite you to read it with me. So we'll probably do it twice today with each slide, and it reads as follows, and you can join me if you feel comfortable, but we'll do it again. Please have compassion for us, because this comes from our genogram work together. When we're on our shadow card as a community, please have compassion for us. When we show up as not enough, distrusting, grieving, blaming, powerless, and fearful, All right, so let's read that whole thing together. Please have compassion for us when we show up as not enough, distrusting, grieving, blaming, powerless, and fearful. That'll circulate a lot of joy in the room, won't it? Because this is who we have come here to be. So let's read this together. Because this is who we have come here to be. Empowered, in integrity, transformational, generous, emotionally and spiritually mature, and unstoppable. So that's our cue card, gang, from the 47 people that gathered. Now, isn't that an inspiring way to live? This is is the tribe I want to live with. Let's put the pettiness down. Let's use spiritual practice to be transformed so that our narrative and our experience changes because that's what the world is calling us to be, something spectacular and unstoppable and powerful and beautiful. And it's difficult. I'm going to share some stuff with you today from Dr. Gary Simmons' book, The Eye of the Storm. This is hard teaching. And I'm going to do it real quickly because I want to get Dennis up here so that not only can you hear about it, I want you to have the experience. I want you to move into that space of connection and oneness because we are teaching of oneness. I love our teaching. This is such a precious, beautiful teaching. It is teaching of oneness. You know, I was raised in a tradition where the idea was that there was, there was a, an icon. There was someone that had lived a couple centuries ago that was going to save me. And so that mindset, that very mindset, puts me into a state of needing saving, which is just like being a victim. And I know it's a lovely idea. Whoever rolled that out at the time, that's what the consciousness was. We are not here to be saved. We are here to give birth to something. We are here to be alchemists, to turn the ordinary into the extraordinary. So we have come here to be empowered in integrity transformational, generous, emotional, and spiritually mature and unstoppable. And as Gary said, you guys aren't there yet. 
because he's a loving, benevolent observer of our community. There's work to do, and we're about that work. We're about doing the Q process. We're about the work of doing our spirit groups. I have a men's group on Saturday. It's incredible. Such a gift to me. I come away from it each time just so touched and inspired, and we're just hanging out and talking and being real. It's a lovely thing, and that's part of the, that part, that's part of the work, engaging one another. So, Gary talks about this in his book, The Eye of the Storm. He said, this is Jesus' most important, important teaching. The hardest one. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. What do you think? Hardest teaching. And so Gary talks about the four steps with this. I'm going to share with you and then I'm going to bring Dennis up because I want, as I said, we're going to enter into that. We're going to use this beautiful sound to take us out of our heads and put us into our hearts. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. You're right where you need to be. I'm right where I need to be. And it's beautiful that we have built the capacity to even pull this up and look at it. So the first one is look in the mirror, love. And Gary talks about transforming the enemy. Because many people believe they have an enemy. If you look at the current climate on the planet, have you noticed there's a lot of things going on where it's the enemy, that something is against us. And that's certainly reality. We're not denying that. There's tragic things happening. There's sad things happening all over the world. How do we stand in that? How do we stand in the, the eye of the storm, as his book says? He said, the number one teaching is to look into the mirror and love. In the presence of an enemy, whoever or whatever seems to be against you, Think of the person or situation as a mirror of that place in you where you are not connected to your wholeness and worth. So someone, we see something out in the world that we're judging, and rightfully so, or discerning, I would say discerning, and realizing that what's triggering us, the triggers are such a a gift because it's a place where we can do our transformational work. It accelerates our, our growth. And we all have triggers, and it takes time, and it takes energy, and it takes love and care. This isn't something that is a quick fix. We're on a three to five year mission of transformation. And no one, there's very few people on the planet doing this. And it's exciting. And I think that it will benefit all of us over time. It's already benefited me. But the point is, is that when we see this, we realize that what, it, what that person is triggering in me is a place where I'm disconnected from my wholeness and worth, which is really the divine. So we believe in oneness, we believe in divine connection, living from that and standing in that as often as possible. You know, the teacher Jesus used to say, it is not I but the Father within that doeth the work. He was talking about that presence. And you have to understand too, at the time he was teaching, he was teaching to so many people that, that could not read. He told stories. I mean, these were people that had climbed out of the caves, you know, were using rocks for tools. It was not a very advanced culture in terms of philosophically. A lot of superstition, a lot of magical thinking. Someone was going to come and save us. He was the healer. That was what he was known for. But if you read history, there were many healers at the time. And so it's an interesting phenomena. But to understand the group that he was speaking to, and what he was trying to convey. So what he, with this idea of the mirror is really for us to look at what is being triggered. And it's an, it's a, it represents for each one of us individually what we're lacking. A sense of separation perhaps. See, when, you're, when you, you, you feel connected, all is well. Correct? The wind can blow and it doesn't move you. As Jesus said, it does not move me. So look into the mirror in love. And it's tough. 
But that's it. Look at what this person is mirroring for me. Look what this person is projecting for me so that I can do my own transformational work so I can go to my cue sheet and re-script it and stand it and understand it at a deeper level. This does not move me. Number two, make it mean that it is for good. Everything that... Dr. Holmes wrote this in the Science of Mind textbook. Everything that is unfolding on this planet, and he wrote it in 1926, or probably before that. There's an earlier edition. Everything that is unfolding on this planet, everything, including wars, including the cruelties and the things that we see, are, are there to evolve us in consciousness. And so if we continue to repeat the pattern, we miss the mark. We make the mistake. The old Greek term for the archer, we sin, which is simply that we miss the mark. That's where the term sin comes from. It's an archer's term. I know many of you know that. So, but to understand that and realize that everything has come, it has come and we find the good, the good in it. And that's, that's hard work. That's why loving your enemy is so important. To bless it. Blessing your enemy helps you dismantle the belief that the enemy is against you. I'm reading from the eye of the storm right now. Blessing is powerful. It's powerful. Blessing your enemy helps you dismantle the belief the enemy is against you, that anything can come between you and your highest good. Your enemy is simply a mirror to that place inside yourself where you are not connected to God, because this is the truth. Your blessing the enemy allows you to reclaim your power and your dignity. Another way would be to do forgiveness. Blessing is forgiving, putting it down. doesn't mean we're signing up for the same, the same relationship and the same behavior. doesn't mean we put ourselves in harm's way. It's just realizing what's going on, how the world evolves us and grows us and invites us to give birth to midwife what wants to be revealed. What wants to happen here? What are we for? What do we want to give birth to? Not what about what we were 20 years ago or what what spiritual community was 50 years ago. That's 50 years ago. There's something new and, and exciting happening now. And we have the information. We have teachers. We have techniques. Affirmative prayer is a powerful, powerful tool. I love affirmative prayer. I had a master that sat with me every week when I was studying practitioner and I was studying ministerial. I went in and I did a session with her. And she prayed me into a whole different realm, but it took time. It took effort. It took resources. And I'm so grateful for her. I'm so, I have her picture on my, my bulletin board in my office. I look at her every day. She's right across it. And I always thank her, Reverend Catherine Yates. Just an amazing, amazing teacher. And then nobody here's probably ever heard of her unless you've been to a, a lesson I talked to. But Dr. Holmes said the answer to the prayer is in the prayer. It's within us. It is our capacity, our subjective nature of connection to source that makes all the difference. Because otherwise it's just words. It's just announcing. And then we may as well go read the phone book because it's the same thing. We can make reading the phone book a prayer if we're in the right consciousness. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not the words. It's the consciousness of the thing. So make it mean for good. So bless it. Everything is for good. Everything. It's hard to see that sometimes. Even the, the chaos we see, the political. Anybody alive in your life politically right now that sort of triggers you? <laughs> bless them. Bless them. We're much bigger than this. We're much bigger than this. We've had ignorance alive on the planet before. Do the right thing. Do good. Find a place where you can. So when you go, as, as Dr. Gary says, you must work for good in the situation. That way you're working as God is working. Doing good means doing the right thing. 
The enemy is also mirroring what is missing in your relationship. If someone is critical of you, his or her criticism is an attempt to get you to look at the relationship or to see how you have shared in creating the problem together. Because that really comes from what's missing in the relationship. That comes from listening. When, when there's a problem, it's always something's missing in the relationship. So then you get to have that. As Dr. Gary talked about his music director and how upset he was, how horrible the music was, and, how, and they had this thing going on in his first church. And then finally, the guy, you know, it drained the cup, drained the cup to the last drop, and the last drop was, well, I just want to be your best friend. There it is. Now, can that happen? Maybe, maybe not. But that's what's going on. That there's a longing for an intimacy and connection. But there's all the stuff up above it, all the reasons, all the finger pointing, all the projection, all the anger and frustration, when it really was that simple. Wouldn't it be great if we were more sophisticated, that we'd be able to just identify it for ourselves? Hey, by the way, this is what's missing for me in our relationship. I've stood in that line now for almost, uh, well, over 20 years. No one's ever come up to me and said, by the way, uh, Reverend Patrick, this is what's listening, missing for me in our relationship. So, I, but we can practice it here so we can take it out in the world. How many of us say that in our marriage? Or go to work? Tell your boss that. Excuse me, sir, this is what's missing for me in my, our relationship. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe but to do good because what it is something so this doing good is something is missing and it's okay something is missing but don't just don't leave it that way don't keep complaining let's find out what's missing together and let's fulfill it and we may not be able to fulfill it it could be impossible the expectation could be just not possible for people but we can try See, and, and the trying is such a blessing. It's not a destination. It doesn't end. It's ongoing. To do the right thing. In order to shift from defensiveness to doing something that is an outward demonstration of spiritual maturity, you must know the truth. No one is against you. No one and nothing is against you. Yet we fall asleep in that. Because we think they are. They're just projecting their, their unfulfilled stuff. Isn't this freeing to know when people are upset? They're generating that? They're frustrated? Now, we may have contributed, and that's, that's an opportunity for conversation or communication. But to stand it in and listen without taking it on is so powerful because we save so much energy. We can then be generative and move forward. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that was going on. Thank you for sharing that. I'll do my best to correct that if I can, if it's reasonable. It's about, it isn't about what you said or did not say. It's about what is missing in the person attempting to find love and peace. Your purpose in this relationship is to find a greater sense of wholeness and worth and to be the avenue through which God's love flows into the relationship. The most time I spend preparing now for this is I want to be an avenue for what I think is goodness. In other words, I want to do enough of my own blessing, my own prayer work, my own self-examination, my own forgiveness work of self and others so that I can, this, this, when people walk in here, it's a portal. It's a, it's a stepping into a threshold of the sacred and the divine. And it's not unique. It's possible everywhere, in any space, in any time, in any tradition. But most traditions are so locked into their dogma and creed and, and, and protecting it. Most traditions, the bulk of their energy is protecting their tradition. But when you're connected with source, with love, beauty, loving intelligence, there's nothing to protect because it doesn't need protecting. 
nor do I. That's just life. So when I, when, when, um, um, I have Dennis come up and play his gong here, and what, I gotta finish up. Last point, I told him I'm gonna give him 15 minutes. The right thing to do, so, but to do good. To do good, because that's the divine nature. It's always seeking an outlet. It's always seeking an avenue of least resistance. Set yourself and your enemy free. Pray. Pray. You really want to throw them a loop? Pray for them. Read this paper in the morning and then go to work praying. Something wants to happen here. People want change. The reason that, that we have the situation we have politically on the planet is such a beautiful mirror. People are longing for a different experience. They want us to feel safe. They want to feel connected. They want to feel whole. They want to have opportunity. All the things that are reasonable. That's the divine discontent within us. Let's pray for that to be given birth. And the only way these changes have happened as I've gone through the spiral dynamics with you is systems break down. So to understand that chaos is the system breaking down, it is being hospice so something new can be given birth. And I love that idea. So here, I want to share this and I'm going to invite Dennis. This is from a beautiful, wonderful, one of the sacred texts upon the planet I want to share with you today because it's one of my favorites. It's from the Tao of Pooh. And it says, wisdom, happiness, and courage are not waiting somewhere out beyond sight and at the end of a straight line. They're part of a continuous cycle that begins right here. They're not only the ending, but the beginning as well. So I'm going to invite Dennis to come up, and he's going to, he's going to use all of his various sound tools here to help create this woo-wee experience of the infinite, because the infinite is love. And so I want you to have not just the words, these ideas, I'll, I'll touch on them again before we go. But I want you to have the experience today. So just the more you can relax and be at peace and allow this sound to move through you, it's phenomenal. We were setting up with him yesterday and he had everybody captivated. So Dennis, Mr. Dennis Goodwill. Thank you, Dennis. Need this? Okay. Rumi said, silence is the language of God. All else is poor translation. I wanted to start here because when we get to playing the bowls and the gong and the ting shahs, I would hope that you experience not only the initial sound as it's made, but also the space between it, the differences in tone, the harmonies that come out of it, and the disharmonies. Listen to the sounds as they fade away. They say that a, a sound that is created may linger and fade away, but it never disappears. It just goes out of our awareness. So when we do meditation, I do sound bath meditations. I love doing that. What does that mean? What can it do? It can relax your body. It can relax your mind. It can bring into harmony your body, mind, and spirit. 
and vibrational harmony and that's where the magic happens. So when we do meditation at times we do it with intent and as with Reverend Patrick's talk today I think the connection or the intent should be connection and oneness. I'd like to uh, quote Robert Thurman. He's a Buddhist scholar. He said, along with what was said earlier, you know, Jesus said, love thine enemy. And he said, you know, lots of people wonder why we would do that. But why would we not? <clears throat> if we wish them well, if we wish them their happiness, and that they lived a life of joy and love, they'd be too busy doing that to be bothered with doing any harm to me. So it's actually a selfish reason to love thine enemy. So my intent, and you may make up your own, is simply I am oneness. So just enjoy the sounds and settle into your seat, close your eyes, and relax, let the sounds take them where you may. In a moment, I'll ask you to come back to the room, knowing that what we have experienced and integrated into our being is fully available to us. Start to bring your awareness back to the room wiggle your toes your fingers start to move your body and open your eyes when you're ready Reverend Patrick will now lead us through the rest of our morning service Namaste.